Friday, November 1st here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 9 Draft Kings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schauff. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the Lineup Builder tool on DraftSharks.com. And you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. On Draft Sharks, you can find all of Jared's top picks for playing on DraftKings this weekend. He's got you covered with picks for cash games, GPP lineups. I'll add some showdown notes on Sunday for that the Sunday night game, for the Monday night game. And come Saturday morning, you can find our lineups for round nine of the Crown is Ass Challenge. As for week eight, hold on to your butts here, folks, because I actually won a week in this thing. It was not a big score, at 127.86, but just like on FanDuel in Week 8, Jared, you nailed your top two running backs and then went a little flat at wideout. And then even with all that, the difference was probably my playing Johnny Smith versus Hunter Henry just not quite working out. Yep, that looks like the difference to me. Um, my second straight losing week in uh, DraftKings cash game, so I need to get back on track here. I, I did, I, you know, I did end up playing Latavius Murray in cash. Uh, you know, we submit these lineups on Saturday morning, so we couldn't really commit to him then. But um, e- even despite that, you know, my wide receivers here, Corey Davis, Kenny Stills, Mike Williams all sort of killed me. So that that was my issue last week. Mm-hmm. We'll both be back at it for week nine. Me finally with a welcome nine more dollars in my bank. <laughs> You'll be able to see who we're playing against each other in the free post for this podcast on DraftSharks.com. For now, though, Jared, let's help you get back on track and let you start things off with a cash quarterback. Oh, I, I thank you. Um, I'm going Derek Carr in cash this week. Um, Fifty five hundred bucks. There, there's you know I I want to pay up for these running backs. We'll talk about later. Um, so I think paying down a quarterback makes sense. Um, this Raiders offense has been good. The, uh, they're they're fourth in yards per play right now. Football Outsider says them eighth in offensive DVOA. Raiders sport the second highest implied total on this week's main slate at 26 and a half points. They're home, obviously, for the Lions, who are 22nd in Football Outsider's pass defense. They're 25th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. In their three games since their bye week, the Lions have allowed 943 passing yards and 10 passing touchdowns. Is that bad? It, it's It's good if you're Derek Carr. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I think when you throw in the prices, Derek Carr is pretty easily the top cash option here. He is sixth in our DK dollars per point rankings among quarterbacks. I, I think, honestly, I think we might even be a little bit low on his projection, which would only help his value there. The five quarterbacks ahead of him on that list, Matthew Stafford and Russell Wilson, who are much more expensive, Stafford 6,800, Wilson 7,100. And then the other three are cheap guys, uh, Matt Moore at 48. Philip Rivers at 51, Ryan Fitzpatrick at 48. None of those guys has as good a matchup. I guess you could say that Ryan Fitzpatrick has as good a matchup maybe as Derek Carr does, but it's Ryan Fitzpatrick as opposed to Derek Carr. So you're taking somebody who's far less likely to give you points. Two plus touchdown passes in four of the past five games for Derek Carr. So he's a fairly safe bet and a terrific matchup this week. I agree with that. On the tourney side, who are you favoring? And just for cash real quick, I, I did consider Philip Rivers and Matt Moore, who I think are okay if you need, you know, the extra, you know, 400, 600 bucks, whatever it is. I think both of those guys carry significantly more risk than Carr, though. 
I agree, and I, I even think Carr's upside is higher in this spot against Detroit, so he, that's why he's definitely the play if you can afford it. Mm-hmm. Um, on the tournament side, I, I'm stacking both sides of the Seahawks-Bucks game. Um, I'll, I'll talk about Winston here. He's $1,000 cheaper than Russell Wilson, and he's going to come in with lower ownership too. Um, you know, It hasn't been pretty, honestly, for most of the season for Jameis Winston, but he's averaging 21.6 DraftKings points per game. He's already topped 26 points three times, and again, I, I just think this is a shootout. Seattle's 19th in football outsiders pass defense rankings and 19th in DraftKings points allowed to quarterbacks. And I like Winston too, because I think you stack him with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Those two guys have accounted for 66% of Jameis Winston's yards and 86% of his touchdowns. So if Winston goes off, you know, it's a good bet that the majority of that big production is going to go to Evans and Godwin. So are you doing Jameis Winston without Cameron Brait at his uh, affordable level? I think that's an option too. I don't think I'd use Evans, Godwin, and Bright, but I think you yeah. could go, you know, maybe Godwin and Bright. Mm-hmm. So I agree certainly with Winston. I think all of the quarterbacks in Detroit, Oakland, and Seattle, Tampa are are in play. They're going to be popular. Nobody is so popular that you need to forget about them, though. I want to highlight a couple of options if you are trying to save money at this spot, though, and get to some of the higher priced guys at running back, especially at running back. I like Ryan Fitzpatrick here on the tournament side where the risk doesn't matter as much to me. You can get him for 4800 and at sub 5% ownership, according to Fanshare, as of right now. You know, we'll see if that changes through the weekend. And then Devontae Parker's 4400 Preston Williams is 4200 You can take either of those guys to put with them and save some money overall in that stack to begin things. Both of those guys are projected for ownership in the 9 to 11% range, so you know, higher than we would generally want a Dolphins receiver to be, but certainly not so high that you need to avoid him for that reason. And then the other one is Kyle Allen and Greg Olson. And Kyle Allen's at 5100 bucks, So on the lower end, not quite as cheap as Matt Moore and Ryan Fitzpatrick, but 5100s is very affordable. Greg Olson's at 3500 Olson is projected for less than 6% ownership as of right now. He's got a good matchup against Tennessee, who has been better against wide receivers than tight ends. Kyle Allen's projected for about 1%. So (laughs) granted, I think Kyle Allen comes with the chance that he does nothing for you and kills this lineup. But we've also already seen that he has enough talent around him for a surprise blow-up game. And even if he gives us like 220 and 2, you know, we'll take that for this 8,600 combined start to the lineup, I think. Yeah, I don't think those guys are for me. If I'm going cheap at quarterback for tournament, I'd, I'd probably play Matt Moore because you know you can stack him with Tyreek Hill and or Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I mean I could see that, but this way you get cheap options overall, and I don't I don't think that Kyle Allen comes with more downside than Matt Moore. Yeah, maybe not more downside. I, I think I still think Moore has more upside with his weapons. Yeah, he's also facing the Vikings. Huh? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, not. I mean, not to get too far in the weeds. I'm not. I'm not really afraid of Minnesota's pass defense right now. Yeah, I can see that. All right, so running back, who are you playing for cash? I mean, let, let's talk about Christian McCaffrey, who is you know finally priced, I think, at a spot where we have to make a real decision on him. He's up to 10000 bucks now. Even at that price, he pops as the eighth best dollars per point value among uh, main slate running backs. I just think you know he's the safest bet among non-quarterbacks to get you 20-plus DraftKings points. He's scored 20-plus in six of his seven games, so... I definitely think McCaffrey is in play, especially if we can use Jalen Samuels, who is my other cash play here at $4,000. If James Conner is out and it is trending in that direction, I think you lock Samuels in four cash games. In in the three games that 
James Conner missed last season. Samuels totaled 223 rushing yards, 12 catches, 105 receiving yards, and a touchdown. He topped 15 DraftKings points in all three of those games. Yeah, I certainly get the case for McCaffrey, but an $800 jump in salary, now he's 600 more than and than his previous high for the season. I would have a tough time climbing past Dalvin Cook at 9500 as my expensive guy against Kansas City. I obviously doesn't have the receiving upside or floor that McCaffrey has, but in a terrific matchup for rushing, he's going to get the ball plenty. I feel like I could use that extra 500 bucks for it. There are ways to play Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook. Oh, do you have some of this magic ahead for us in this podcast? I mean, Jalen Samuels is definitely part of it. And and yeah, we have some cheap wide receivers that we can talk about too. All right. I I also like uh, Aaron Jones, 7,000 bucks. Josh Jacobs, Mm -hmm. 6,500. Derek Henry, 5,700. Jordan Howard, 5,100. For cash, if I can't fit Cook or Christian McCaffrey with what else I'm looking to do. That makes sense. On the tournament side, who's your running back? I'm going Le'Veon Bell here, and honestly, I've been playing him in tournaments for the past few weeks here, and it hasn't worked out. I mean, this obviously his best matchup yet. Miami is 31st in Football Outsiders run defense rankings. They're 32nd in Football Outsiders running back coverage rankings. So, man, the Jets really should get Bell going in the passing game here. Bell admitted on Thursday to the media that he, you know, he's been upset with his lack of volume. He said he spoke to head coach Adam Gase about it, and Bell expects to be more involved this week. So, I'm, I'm sort of buying into that narrative. I think the Jets get him going here, and the matchup's obviously right. Yeah, there are certainly times where sticking with something that not working that's not working is stupid, and you mm-hmm. limit yourself by making the same mistake over and over again. But if in the case of Bell, we can point to it being a lack of volume. So if nobody was saying anything about improving the volume or if this, it was a long-term trend where we were just guessing and nothing changed, then you know it might be time to move on from him. But given what you just shared with us and the matchup with the Dolphins, I think it's a, you, we need to stick with Bell for at least one more week in this scenario before giving up on him. Yeah, I was going to say, if he doesn't do it here, I'm, I'm done playing Le'Veon Bell. Absolutely. I mean, if he can, if he doesn't do it after complaining to the coach and in a week where, you know, the organization is is pissing off its its top players, like the big name guys, Le'Veon Bell, Jamal Adams, if they're not going to acquiesce this week and if he's not going to deliver against the Dolphins, maybe it's not coming for the rest of the season. It's time to just cut our losses here. Exactly. Philip Lindsay is one more I'll throw out at 5,300. I wanted to like him on the cash side, but I just don't with Brandon Allen in there. On the tournament side, though, I will take a shot on him. And I think that Philip Lindsay, the, the argument for him over Royce Freeman is that he easily beats Freeman in ceiling. He has already given us two games of 27 plus DraftKings points this season. Obviously, having Brandon Allen at quarterback lowers the floor. Maybe this team doesn't score anything this week. There's certainly less touchdown upside, but they're also playing a defense that has been below average overall, so they could still score some points. Yeah, and I mean, maybe Brandon Allen is, you know, a big downgrade from Joe Flacco, but maybe he's, you know, he's just Joe Flacco who hasn't been good this season anyways, and Lindsay's still been producing anyways. Yeah, exactly. Maybe it's not enough of a downgrade from Joe Flacco to really make that much of a difference. Yep. While we're covering ball carriers, let's take a minute to talk about Manscaped.com. Manscaped is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. I didn't know a thing about this manscaping stuff, but I picked up the perfect package kit from Manscaped, and it covers everything. I started out doing absolutely nothing in that area, uh, to be honest. Now, I feel like a sculptor. You get the Lawnmower 2.0. It's their exclusive trimmer. It's quiet. It's safe. 
You get this old-fashioned razor that's nice looking. You get body wash, deodorant, toner. It's just a cool pack to have as you figure out what to do with all the items that they send you. And as a listener of the Draft Sharks podcast, you're eligible to get 20% off and free shipping on all of your orders at manscaped.com with the code DRAFTSHARKS. That's 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Head over to the website, shop around, find the ideal package for you. Make sure that when you're checking out at manscaped.com, you enter the promo code DRAFTSHARKS. That is all one word. You will save yourself some money. Now let's move on to wide receivers. And Jared, for cash, I like DJ Moore here at $4,800. He's 26th in salary among main slate wide receivers. He is 21st in points per game. And he's up there despite... No, he hasn't had a ceiling week yet. He hasn't had anything higher than his 17.9 points back in week two. That was nine catches for 89 on 14 targets against the Bucks. Last week marked just the second game this season where he has fallen short of 13.4 DK points. So he's given us nice floor this season. Tennessee is tougher on the run than the pass. And their top graded cornerback is Logan Ryan, who runs mainly in the slot. DJ Moore spends the least time in the slot of all of Carolina's wideouts, so he shouldn't see that much of Logan Ryan. Frankly, even a DJ Moore versus Logan Ryan matchup, I would take DJ Moore. So would I, and I, I like DJ Moore. I think there are quite a few wide receivers, you know, between four and five five thousand dollars that we can use in cash, which again is how I think you can fit in those high priced running backs. I'm gonna highlight Mike Williams here at forty six hundred bucks. Um, you know, his usage has been awesome for the past month now. He's tenth among all wide receivers and targets. He leads all wide receivers in air yards. He just he hasn't scored a touchdown yet, and I think you know he that positive regression is going to hit here. Williams obviously is a touchdown scorer. He was in his final year at Clemson. He scored ten times last year for the Chargers, and even this year he's tied for eighth among wide receivers in red zone targets. He's tied for eleventh among wide receivers in targets inside the ten. So I think you know at this price tag for the usage he's been getting, Williams makes a lot of sense. Man, I'm surprised that you even like him on the cash side. I do price all about the price. I guess on the tournament side, I mean, lots of fairly obvious options, all the Raiders, all the Lions, all the Seahawks, all the Bucks, the top two Jets receivers, I think in the uh, Robbie Anderson's 55 and Jamison Crowder's 53. Both of those guys are in play. I want to highlight Alshon Jeffrey as a tournament option at $5,000. He's down to his lowest price of the season after two sluggish outings, five and six targets in those games. Before those two, he had seen eight plus targets in three straight games His average depth of target has leaped, though, recently. Through week six, he was averaging seven yards in depth of target, so his targets were coming seven yards downfield on average. Over the past two games, that's jumped to 15 and a half yards, so they're throwing it deeper to Jeffrey, which obviously adds value when he does catch the ball. He has met the Bears each of the past two seasons as an Eagle. Each time, Jeffrey got nine targets. Last year in the playoffs, he caught six for 82 yards. The year before, in November 2017, caught five for 52 and a touchdown. If he does that at 5000 bucks, I will take it. I think there's upside beyond that if, you know, he happens to get red zone stuff in this matchup. And he's projected for, I think, 1% ownership. Yeah, I mean, we'll see if Deshaun Jackson's back for the Eagles. I think that's just going to make a huge difference for everyone. I mean, I think it definitely helps Elshon Jeffrey if Deshaun be- Jackson returns this week. I mean, just think back to week one. I, I know it was against Washington, but that Eagles passing game looks so good with D-Jax on the field. Mm-hmm. Who you like? Uh, I'm going Robbie Anderson, who you mentioned there briefly, 5500 bucks. Um, you know, he, he's totaled of just about 10 DraftKings points over the past two games now, but he also had that 26 and a half point game against the Cowboys just three weeks ago. 
His volume's been pretty good with Sam Darnold this season. He's seen seven, eight, eight, and six targets in Sam Darnold's four starts. And over the past three weeks, Robbie Anderson ranks 13th among all wide receivers in air yards. Um, so he's getting the big play opportunities. He is a big play guy. This matchup is about as good as it gets against the Dolphins, who just sent their top cornerback, Xavier Howard, to IR. So you're going to have guys like Ryan Lewis, Nick Needham, and Ken Webster trying to cover Robbie Anderson. I'll take a shot on Anderson in that matchup. I like it. And I agree. I mean, even though Anderson is projected for higher ownership than Jamison Crowder, who's in single digits, I think Anderson is the better bet to, you know, give us an explosive score, the kind of numbers that we really need to beat a a GPP field. Yep, exactly. At tight end on cash, I'm starting with Cameron Brait at 3,100 bucks. Six targets last week, as we mentioned on Thursday, is one more than O.J. Howard's season high, which came back in week one. So they were already going to Cameron Brait last week. This week brings a matchup with Seattle that is 25th in tight end coverage. According to Football Outsiders, Seattle is also fifth worst as a tight end defense by our adjusted fantasy points allowed. So it's a good spot. Great price for Cameron Brait this week. Yeah, I like Cameron Brait if you're going cheap at tight end. I'd throw out um, Jack Doyle as well at $3,000 with T.Y. Hilton out on Sunday. I think that's going to push more targets towards Doyle. I'm going to try to get up to Zach Ertz in cash. I mean... He's 4700 bucks. It's It's got to be the cheapest he's been in a long time. And I know he's been disappointing, especially lately. Still averaging eight targets per game on the season. That's fourth most among tight ends. Um, and, you know, this matchup against the Bears, Chicago 24th in Football Outsiders tight end coverage rankings, 25th in DraftKings points allowed to tight ends. And again, if Deshaun Jackson's back, I think that's good news for Zach Ertz. I think it's going to make his job a lot easier. And the Bears aren't a bad defense at this point, but they're definitely a lot more vulnerable now than they were last season on that side. For sure. On the tournament side, I think Brait is in play as well. I'm also looking to Greg Olson, 3500 bucks. TJ Hawkinson at 3700 bucks. I don't think there's a whole lot separating these three guys. So who I'm choosing between them is probably going to come down to like what else is in my lineup and how much money I have when I'm fitting the tight end on. Yeah, I agree. Um, I have Hawkinson highlighted here. Um, I think if you're making a Matt Stafford team especially, he's a way to differentiate. Fanshare has Hawkinson projected for just 3.7% ownership. The Raiders have allowed five tight end touchdowns over their last four games now, including those two to Darren Fells last weekend. And Football Outsiders has Oakland 29th in tight end coverage. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And if, you know, as you said, if I'm building a Stafford lineup, I'll take one of the wideouts. I'll take the cheap tight end. If I'm building a Raiders lineup, then I think Hawkinson is also a good way to, you know, game stack that one. Yep, agreed. At Flex, I mean, we've already talked about Jalen Samuels, but uh, he's got to go here if he didn't go somewhere else, assuming that he's starting. By the time you're listening to this, you probably know whether James Conner is playing or not. Jalen Samuels tops our DK dollars per point projections in the lineup builder tool. The next running back sits number nine on that list. The next two running backs after that are 12th and 21st. So I think you also need to look at some wide receivers. Uh, If you're not playing Jalen Samuels in this spot, as you're filling the flex position, Jarvis Landry at 4,500 stands out to me as like a cash game option. I'm not sure he has the ceiling against Denver, but I think he's a solid bet 
for four to five catches in that game. Jamison Crowder at 5,300, I think, is another cash game PPR option. And then Keenan Allen is worth throwing out at 6,400 bucks, a cheap price for him. And he comes out pretty high in our DK dollars per point. Yeah, I like all those guys you mentioned. Landry's another guy I think you could consider in cash games if you're trying to fit in the high price running backs. Jalen Samuels, again, a must play in cash if Connor's out. And he's probably the guy, honestly, I'll just lock into all my tournament teams too um, even though he's going to come with high ownership um, if you want to be a bit sneakier how about Melvin Gordon at 5,000 bucks that guy's been horrible so far this season you can't really argue with that but still Melvin Gordon like it, it could click for him again any of these weeks and it could be this week it's a nice matchup Packers 22nd in football outsiders run defense rankings allowing 4.9 yards per carry to running backs on the season is it still Melvin Gordon I'm not sure I mean, I think I think so. It, it's him in there, isn't it? I don't, I don't know. I haven't looked inside the helmet during a game to yeah. make sure. It could That's be. Fair. It could be Dougie Doug. Could be. Could be. On defense, Washington at eighteen hundred bucks. I got a highlight. I know they're going to be highly owned, but they've held three straight opponents under twenty points. Two of those opponents under three hundred yards. I understand that one was Miami and the other was San Francisco in a monsoon. They have had takeaways in seven straight games. Buffalo, meanwhile, has allowed four-plus sacks in three of its past four games. It has scored 14 points or fewer in each of those three games as well. Washington has 14 sacks over the past four games. It's our leader in DK dollars per point by a pretty wide margin at the position. Yeah, and I think the best argument for Washington is you're playing a defense against Josh Allen, who has you know turned it over 10 times this season through his first seven games. So I definitely like Washington if you're trying to save some money. I would rather, if possible, spend another 600 bucks and get up to the Steelers. This defense is hot. They have 11-plus DraftKings points in five straight games now. And Pittsburgh is now tied with Carolina for the most DraftKings points per game among main slate defenses. I liked the Steelers even before we learned that T.Y. Hilton was out of this game. And I think, you know, Hilton out obviously helps. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I'll be curious to see what happens with their ownership projection at that price with no T.Y. Hilton over the weekend. So that'd be something to check. Yep, definitely. I think that also Denver at 2,900 is in play. If you're looking for a lower owned option, if you don't want a high owned rate for a tournament field, Denver against Cleveland, 2,900. And the Vikings are interesting at 2,700 against the Chiefs, obviously only if Patrick Mahomes is not playing and if it is Matt Moore, which we're assuming at this point. Yeah, I have the Packers down as a tournament play. They're priced up at 3400 bucks, but coming in at just about 2% projected ownership. Based on Pro Football Focus's pass rushing and pass blocking grades, this is the biggest mismatch on the main slate, PFF has the Packers 15th in pass rush grade. They have the Chargers 30th in pass blocking. You're not going to put the Packers defense in the same lineup with Mike Williams, are you? No, you'd play the Packers with like Aaron Jones and try to get that correlation. There you go. Well, that's going to do it for this week nine edition of our DraftKings podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now to read all of Jared's top picks for playing on DK this weekend. Check out our full week nine rankings and mess around with the lineup builder tool. That's where you can find DK dollars per point projections, ceiling projections, and customizable strategy options. Check back Saturday morning. You can see who I'm playing against Jared in this contest that he usually controls. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at DraftSharks. Jared is at SmolaDS. I am at ShaufDS. That's S-C-H-A-U-F. For Jared Smoll and the rest of the DraftSharks crew, I'm Matt Schauf saying thanks so much for swimming with us. 